Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of The Buzz with Ben. On this episode, we will have our first ever guest, my dad. We will talk about baseball contracts and what happens when teams give young players contract extensions. And then we will have a debate between who is the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. This is part one of two of my dad being on the podcast. Part two will be coming out later this week, so stay tuned. And without any further ado, let's get into this episode of The Buzz with Ben. And for our first ever guest on The Buzz with Ben, my dad. Welcome, Dad. Hey, welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me. Of course. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Hey, by the way, if I can just take a moment to kind of share, um, just really proud of you. Really proud of the fact that you put together this whole podcast completely by yourself and that you're doing this. And, um, you know, you mentioned you wanted to do this, and here it is. And I have to tell you, from my perspective, I'm just I'm just honored to be, you know, on your very first episode, like as your first guest on your first episode right out of the bat. The fact that I get to sit down with you, um, I'm, I'm just I'm just honored. So thank you. You know, you know, this first this isn't the first episode, right? This is the second episode. What? Yeah, I, we've already had one episode. This is this episode number two. Uh, OK, um, who was the guest on the first episode? There wasn't a guest. It was just me. You're the first guest, but not on the first episode. Oh, hold on a second. So instead, like on your first episode, better than having me was was no guest at all. You'd rather have no guest than have me. Yes, you got it. I wanted to have no guest on the first episode, and you're here on episode number two. Wait. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. I feel like we're kind of going sideways here. I don't. If there was like, if there's like sports podcasting 101, like you basically have the person who played a major role in your love of sports on your very first episode. Like if there was a book on doing sports podcasting, like that would be page one at the top. Here I am, and we're already on episode two. Like that's what you're saying. Yes. Yes, that is what I'm saying. Okay, well, then once again, I'm not trying to offer you advice here. I understand you're doing this on your own, but don't you think your listeners are going to be a little bit confused when the title is The Buzz with Ben and His Dad, and on the first episode, there's no dad? That's that's not the title. It's, it's just The Buzz with Ben. There's no and his dad. Wait a second. You're... You're saying that what what happened to and his dad? Um, that that was never a thing. We we never had that. So you're just saying that the title of this podcast is the buzz with Ben. Like there's no there's no mention of me at all. That is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Um. All, all right. This is this is awkward. Um. And I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna. This hurts a little bit. Um, okay, I was kind of thrown for for a loop here, but um, okay. I, um, I I guess okay. I I mean, I guess I'm gonna leave this in just so you know. Like this is staying in the podcast. Oh, oh wow! Uh, you're not oh, okay. All right. Uh, I feel like we kind of got off on the wrong foot here, but I'll, I'll 
try and rebound. And the fact that you're keeping this in is a little hurtful, but okay. Um, it's okay. All right. It'll get better. I, I don't see how it could get any worse. Um, okay. So you're <laughs> saying, okay, well, I guess then this is the buzz with Ben and, and okay. And, and no dad. Oh, okay. This. Um, so you're like on the logo that everybody sees. Like, there's no there's no mention of me at all. No, like absolutely none. Oh, oh okay. Um, all right. The um, like not even like a small like like small. Oh, okay. Not 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 even a small. Okay. Um, great. All right. And this is episode two. Yes, episode two. Cool. All right. Wow. This is incredibly hurtful, but okay. All right. Let's, uh, I guess, I guess let's just move on. Let's get into it. Okay. And for our first topic, young, potentially superstar players getting huge extensions. For example, Julio Rodriguez, breaking news recently, got a 14-year, $210 million guaranteed deal from the Seattle Mariners, but the deal could be up to $470 million, and he has a no-trade clause. Now, Dad, what do you think about this deal and young players getting these types of contracts in general? I personally happen to love these types of deals. Um, from my perspective, baseball is one of those interesting sports where for the first handful of years, the players, for the most part, especially potential superstars, are highly, highly underpaid. They're basically making the major league minimum. So a player like Julio Rodriguez would be making $700,000 for the first year or two, and then would start to make more money, but would still be extremely underpaid. However, when it comes to free agency, then they would be signing a massive contract and arguably at that point be either overpaid or they, the player in that particular instance would be paid in large part based on past performance and the team runs the risk of actually having that player go and leave for another team. For a small market like Seattle or Tampa Bay, I think these deals are an amazing idea, and I think it helps tie some of the young superstar players to those particular teams. You basically are arguably overpaying them for the first handful of years. However, you're potentially underpaying them for the last whatever number of years. But in the interim, you have players on these long-term guaranteed contracts and I think it's extremely smart for any of the teams. And it basically lets the young player know where they're going to be for a long period of time. Once again, if you're a small market, it guarantees that they stay in this particular field. The other thing for these particular deals, which at least I find, is by the time, while these contracts seem big now, for the most part, this contract is going to average, let's say, 25, 20 or 15 or 20 or $25 million per year. While that seems like a lot now, certainly in five, seven, ten years from now, that's actually going to be underpaid. So I think, personally, it's a win-win for both the player and the team. The player gets financial security and knows that they've already made hundreds of millions of dollars, and the team knows that the player most likely will perform to or overperform during the life of the contract. Yes, there's a chance that the player might end up getting injured or going in slumps or losing out on some years. However, for the most part, you would hope that a young superstar player like this would far exceed the contract. 
I see what you mean, but let's take Fernando Tatis Jr. And for anyone who tuned in on the buzz with Ben last week for our first ever episode, they would know about some of the Fernando Tatis situation with his suspension. Now, the Padres gave him a 14-year, $340 million deal during the 2020 after his rookie season. Now, that seems like it may end up backfiring because they paid a young guy who was a star and seemed like he would have a bright future. But now he's had injuries and he's had been suspended for PEDs. So what happens in those situations? Um, yes, obviously, um, the fact that I'm a Dodger fan, I'm not upset at all that this happened. While I would never wish anything negative on Mr. Tatis or the Padres, um, I probably am not shedding too many tears that this happened. However... Um, I still think that the Padres end up still, I, I think they're happy with this contract, and I think overall it'll still work out well. Once again, this is, especially when you're dealing with a young player like Tatis, who's in, what, 21, 22, the fear is when you have these long-term contracts that you're going to run into a situation like Albert Pujols, right, where you basically, he's already had his first 10 years have been amazing, and then you sign him like the Angels did for a second 10 years, and then the performance doesn't match it. However, in a situation with like Fernando Tatis or for Julio Rodriguez, you're paying for all of the really good years that these players are most likely going to have. The, in the case of these players, signing them to a 10, 12, 13, 14-year deal when they're 21, 22, 23, you're maximizing and you're getting all of the good years. Yes, in a case of a Fernando Tatis, you're, you know, you're, you take a hit at the beginning. However, I think sports fans and in particular sports fans of the team will end up having a short memory. And I think three, four, five years, 10 years into the contract, I think this will be a distant memory. And I think the Padres still will end up very happy with this. Yes, in terms of being the face of the franchise and the face of Major League Baseball, he takes a hit. But I think in general, sports fans are very forgiving. See, the Padres seem to agree with you because they have chosen not to contest the contract even though there is potential that Tatis violated his part of it by taking PEDs. Now, to add on to that, Wander Franco, obviously, Julio Rodriguez, they have all, both gotten those deals this year. Ronald Acuna has gotten those in the past. Those all seem to look very good. Acuna got it when he was still a minor leaguer. Eloy Jimenez, all of those players have gotten it, and the teams seem pretty happy with those at the moment. But you always have the question, young players, you never know what's going to happen with them. Take Cody Bellinger, for example, as Dodger fans. We know Cody Bellinger, when he was at Tatis's age, at Rodriguez's age, he was an MVP, or he was a rookie of the year. He was playing very, very well. And now he's struggling to hit over 200 and batting ninth or not even starting for the Dodgers this year. So don't you run the risk of that happening, and then you're paying that guy $30 million for the next five, seven years, even after that? Well, first of all, it hurts my feelings a little bit that you would bring up a negative Dodger example. I was under the impression... You know I love Bellinger. You know I love him, but he's he's not having a good season. Well, I was under the impression that we were not going to say anything remotely negative about the Dodgers on this podcast. So <laughs> I feel like we're kind of getting off on, on the wrong foot here. Um, however... Just like how this is the second episode, not the first one? Of the buzz with... Ben and his dad. Yeah, I still think that's going to be confusing. But moving on. Um, no, I think that's a good point. I think that you always run the risk. Although even this year, Bellinger is still making you know $20 million and the Dodgers are going to have a very difficult decision whether to extend him or not. So I do think there's a chance that 
you know, sometimes it's not going to work out. However, you still look at the average of these contracts are still going to be 15 or $20 million. And over the life of it, had they, had they signed Bellinger to one of those contracts, I, I think there's some questions. But in my opinion, you should do this with a lot of or a number of your younger players. So for example, in my hope would be that you would have signed Bellinger and Urias and Bueller and a lot of the players. And yes, there's a chance that one or two of them may not work out, but then there's a chance that a lot of them would. And when these players become free agents and they're making 30, 35, 40 million dollars, I mean, ask the Washington Nationals, do they wish that early on they had signed Juan Soto to that large deal? Once again, there's a chance that he wasn't interested, but for those players that are interested, I think you end up saving a lot of money down the road. So I do think it's that it overall it helps. That is true, but for some of my science listeners out there, the brain doesn't fully develop until you are 25 years old. So when you're signing these guys at the age of 21, 23, they are, can be known to make some not very smart decision like Tatis going this year, getting in mo- multiple motorcycle accidents during the offseason. So do you think there's any downside in signing someone who maybe doesn't make the best decisions at all times because of the young age? I think that's always going to be a potential issue, but I think that once again, more often than not, if you can sign them early, once again, I'm not saying wait six, seven years into their career, but rather I'm saying early on, I think for a lot of these potential superstar face of the franchise players, I I think it's a good decision. But I will say this, as long as we're talking about brains developing and questionable behavior, I will say that uh, Mr. Tatis should have given some thought to that when it came time for his statement that he gave this last week. Um, If you recall, some of his statements, he gave uh, a statement to the press, and unfortunately for him, I'm not sure he did that good of a job where his basic message, he wanted to say, and he repeatedly saying, there's no excuses, and that he needs to do a better job of knowing what's going inside of his body. Of course, he said that as part of the same uh, statement where he said that he uh, had taken an unknown medication. He didn't know that it contained a banned substance and that he accidentally took it. Sorry, Mr. Tatis, but that kind of sounds like an excuse. And when he's saying that somehow he needs to be better in terms of knowing what he's putting in his body, you know one way that you could be better for that? Oh yeah, the Padres have an entire division of people that whose job it is for you to run that information by them. So the only pro- the only problem with that is he took this medication during the MLB lockout, or at least that's what he is saying. And he's saying he did not have access to those Padres officials and the Padres in general to make those types of questions being asked. But as you said, it is still on him. He has to know what he puts into his body. There's ingredients on all this stuff. There's what's in it. Like You have to know that. You have to be better. If you're a face of the MLB, you just have to be smarter when you look at some of that stuff. You can't be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take this medication, which some scientists and some doctors have come out and said that that doesn't actually help treat ringworm. But if we put that aside for a second, you just have to know that you have to get the right medication 
or you just can't take that because you are a major league baseball player. You can't violate the rules under any circumstances because that puts your career and your team and your season in jeopardy if you do that. Yeah, I would be interested to know when he actually took the banned substance, um, you know, whether it was, you know, a long time ago or whether it was more recent, but even assuming he was on his own. I mean, he signed a contract for $300 million. I mean, how, how could he possibly have the resources to, to be able to make sure that, yeah, he has an agent, he has a bunch of people that he's working with. You want to avoid this type of public relations nightmare at every possible stage. And so I, I'm never a fan of these types of, I want to make, you know, no excuses, uh, you know, type of thing. And then, of course, you're making excuses as part of your apology to the fans. Now, of course, uh, if this was a Dodger player, then I think it's completely justified and people make mistakes all the time. And <laughs> how could he possibly know what he was doing? But, but for Padres players, I mean, come on, that, that rings a little hollow. Yeah, of course. If you're if you're a San Diego Padre, you gotta be better. You gotta be smarter. But if you're a Los Angeles Dodger, hey, mistakes. They, they always do what's Mis- right. They always do mistakes, what's right. Mistakes don't matter. Mistakes happen. Everybody everybody deserves a second chance, unless. But only if you play on the Dodgers. Well, you know, I think we need to have yes, yes. That's pretty much what I'm saying. Okay. Cool. And now it is time for something that we do every episode on The Buzz with Ben, the comparison and debate. Now, for this week, we are doing Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Dad, who do you want? I I assume we're choosing whoever's the better player, and if that's the case, I will choose the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. That is what we're doing, but of course, I wanted the greatest of all time, LeBron James. So I guess you're going to have Michael Jordan, I'm going to have LeBron James. Let's get into it. Now, in this debate, we are going to have three categories. The categories are going to be stats, awards slash championships, and miscellaneous. We're going to start with stats. Because you're the guest, you can go first. Go. Okay, so I am starting with stats. Let me do this off the top of my head. Okay, all right. (laughs) So off the top of my head, I would tell you that Uh, Michael Jordan has better stats and should easily win this category. Michael Jordan averaged more points, and while he might not have averaged as many, so let's see, we have uh, during the playoffs, 33 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. To LeBron James, 29 points, 9 assists, and and 6.5 rebounds. Michael Jordan had uh, more points, uh, slightly less assists, but overall, um, I think uh, points help. You need to score them and help win championships. But I will also say during the regular season, Michael Jordan had more points, 30 points, six assists, and five rebounds compared to LeBron James, 27 points, seven assists, and seven rebounds. Once again, more points. I would also say that in general, Michael Jordan played more minutes per game. And I know that you might argue that that's why he had more points, but I would tell you that Michael Jordan played during a time when they didn't have convenient rest and when they didn't take games off. And that takes a toll on your body over the course of the season. So he played and tended to play every game as opposed to taking time off. That would make it more difficult to get your stats over the course of the season, but Michael Jordan still had better stats. I say that's Michael Jordan 1, LeBron James 0. 
Now, I would have to disagree with that because if you look at the points, you're saying Michael Jordan scored more points per game. But in the career, LeBron James has scored 37,062 points, while Michael Jordan has only scored 32,292 points. Now, the difference there is close to 5,000. LeBron James is close to breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's point record, which would make him have the most points in NBA history, while Michael Jordan will still be far behind. Now, in the playoffs, LeBron has had some good stats as well. While Jordan's points per game might be higher, his minutes per game is higher. And LeBron has had to play more playoff games over the course of his career. So because of that, his points per game will be lower because he's had a bigger sample size. If Jordan had that sample size, his points per game would have been lower. As well as LeBron has done these points and consistently done it through his entire 19-year career. And Jordan was not able to do that in the later years of his career. When he played for the Wizards, he only averaged 20 and 22 points per game. But LeBron, playing for the Lakers these past couple years, has continued to average his 25, 27 points per game every single season. So he has continued to put up points. And you mentioned the stats, rebounds, and assists. LeBron fills up the stat sheet. He gets the rebounds. He gets the assists. He plays the good defense. He fills up the stat sheet overall. Well, Jordan is just all about the points. So when you look at at the stats, I really think it's LeBron one, Jordan zero. Well, just as part of my rebuttal, let me let you know that I think it's pretty well uh, accepted that Michael Jordan's years with Washington don't really count. I feel like everybody pretty much knows that when we look at Michael Jordan's career, we don't pay attention to those two years with Washington. So why not? Why not? They're on the basketball reference page that you just Googled. I, I think not. I think it doesn't look right when you see him in a Washington jersey. Everybody just associates him with Chicago. I will say, if you want, we can count those two years. Although, I think for the most part, we need to compare apples to apples, which is why looking at the per-game stats are what's important. Because LeBron has played 18 seasons. And Michael Jordan has played 11 seasons in Chicago, even if you add in those two seasons with Washington, which, by the way, would bring down his stats, uh, you still are only looking at 13 seasons. So when you're comparing 13 seasons to 18 seasons, of course, LeBron has more overall points, but you're still, when considering Jordan, we're not even considering the fact that he took off two of his prime years that would have substantially added to his earnings in terms of his points, but I'll get into that more later in some of the other conversation that we're going to go to. But once again, Michael Jordan did all of his stats in less seasons. Once again, more impressive, Jordan. First of all, the Washington seasons absolutely count because he came back and he tried to play and they're on his basketball reference phase. So they totally count. And yes, while he did play last year, that is because he took off years. So that should not discount LeBron James being able to put up amazing numbers as a 38-year-old when Jordan could not come close to that. Now, again, when you look at the stats, yes, Jordan's points per game are higher. But yes, he played more in his prime and he played less seasons, which makes the points per game easier to be up. While LeBron has played more seasons and he sustained his 27 points per game throughout that entire time. So of course, his is going to be a handful of points lower because he played the more seasons. But if Jordan played the same amount of seasons that LeBron did and played at the same age, Jordan's points per game would have come down to about that 27 mark. Because as I said, with the Wizards, he only averaged 20 and 22. So he would be set to go down and down and that would have brought his averages down to what LeBron is at 
And LeBron isn't even done. LeBron has set to average these same amount of points for a couple more seasons. He plans on playing till his son is in the NBA. So that would be at least another three years. So LeBron is only going to build on these stats, which is why he is the GOAT and why I think it is one LeBron, zero MJ. I have to disagree, but okay, now mo- I'm ready to move on. Now our second category, awards and championships. I will go first because you went first last time. LeBron has four MVPs, four final MVPs, four NBA championships, and he has six-time all-defensive team and a four-time MVP, as I stated. Now, those all have Jordan having higher numbers. But what we're not considering is LeBron James' All-NBA numbers. He has been an 18-time All-NBA player, while Jordan has only done that 11 times. Also, he is an 18-time All-Star, while Jordan is only a 14-time All-Star. So when you bring those up, LeBron clearly has the accolades, and he clearly has been able to sustain it for longer. Jordan is a 14-time All-Star, but only an 11-time All-NBA player. So three seasons when he's an All-Star, he wasn't even good enough to make third-team All-NBA. That's That doesn't sound very good for the greatest of all time, as you say. But LeBron, 18-time All-Star, 18-time All-NBA, that's elite. That's elite company. He, no one's going to be able to do that, and that is why he is the GOAT and he will, should win the category awards and championships. I think this is where uh, the debate clearly goes in favor of Michael Jordan. First of all, Michael Jordan has six championships. He's only been in the finals six times. He's never made it to the finals when he's lost. That's incredible. I think the debate ends right there when it comes to championships and awards. But I will even continue to go further. Um, Keep in mind that on some of these, Michael Jordan has greater numbers of championships and some of these awards, and once again, less seasons. So that clearly tilts in favor of Michael Jordan. He has five regular season MVPs more than LeBron. He has six final MVPs more than LeBron. I have written down here that he has 14 all-star appearances, but I only have down that he played 13 seasons. That's how incredible he is. I don't even know where I'm getting some of these numbers from. I don't even know if that number's right or not. But if he played 11 times in Chicago and two seasons in Washington, and he made 14 all-star teams, so he's making all-star teams when he's not even playing. That's how impressive Michael Jordan is. I don't even know where I got that number from. But if that number is right, that's incredible. We should win right there. But once again, all NBA team 11 times all defensive team nine times more than the six times for LeBron. And he won a defensive player of the year, something that LeBron never did. The fact that he has higher stats in, in terms of championships and some of these awards and he played less seasons. Sorry, this is so clearly in Jordan's camp. Greatest of all time. Now, not to be that guy, but you have your stats a little bit wrong and who knows whose fault that is, but he actually played 13 seasons in Chicago and two in Washington. So you had the 13 right, but you're only wanting to count the 13. So I see, maybe that's just you trying to be strategic and saying Washington seasons don't count and you're trying to go there. But he had 13 seasons in Chicago. But you, you can add those two in Washington. Those, those still count. So I see you trying to leave those out, but no, we, we count them in. Jordan's a 15. Top, he has played 15 seasons in the NBA. Now, 
the fact that Jordan had to leave and couldn't win those extra awards, maybe they'll show something about a different category, so I won't go too much into that yet. But Jordan just doesn't have the awards right now. LeBron clearly has the accolades of the All-NBA teams, the All-Star teams. LeBron just clearly has that. It's You just look at the numbers. And LeBron has made finals. He may only have won four, but he's made them. He has brought teams that should had no business being in the finals to the finals. So LeBron, just championships and awards, it just seems to point to him, and it's very clear. I'm sorry. I'm having difficulty seeing you through his six championships and six finals. I'm sorry. I, I believe we're done with that. Okay. Well... Then we'll move on to the miscellaneous category. You can go first. Okay. This is where I believe when it comes to all of the miscellaneous information, this is where I think I put you to bed. First of all, nicknames. LeBron's the chosen one. I'm sorry. Let me just gag on that for a little bit. Michael Jordan is Air Jordan or is Airness? Wow. I can't believe we're still talking about this. Now, they've both changed numbers different times, so I think that that's a push. But where it basically comes down is that, yes, LeBron had attention at a younger age, and yes, he's had to navigate social media, but LeBron idolized Jordan. He dressed like him. He wore his shoes. He wore number 23 because of Michael Jordan. I can't believe we're still having this conversation. And by the way, hairstyle. Michael Jordan has that amazing shaved head when LeBron James is doing whatever it is that he's doing with that. It's, it's, just, it's just absolutely incredible. But by the way, when it comes down to it, I think our voters and our, our audience needs to consider when it comes to this, not only did Michael Jordan miss two years due to baseball, taking away what probably would have been two additional championships, But even looking beyond that, I think what it comes down to is who had the better Space Jam movie? Come on now. It's so clearly Michael Jordan. Game, set, match. I think Jordan just took him down. Greatest of all time. You're welcome. I'm sorry, but no. Because something you're not considering is, do you remember the the speech that LeBron gave when... Kobe passed away. Do, do you remember that speech? Do you remember Jordan's Hall of Fame speech? Um, I'm sorry. Jordan doesn't know how to give a speech. But LeBron? LeBron does. So when you're talking about miscellaneous, LeBron, he can give speeches. He can navigate that social media life. He can play. He can shine. He can do all of that stuff. Jordan? I, I don't think so. And also, just, just if we're going off of this, LeBron... He's able to navigate his own business. He practically is the GM of all the teams he's on. He's the coach of all the teams he's on. People go to LA as of now, Cleveland at the time, Miami during parts of his career. They go there to play with the LeBron James. Jordan, there are many reports that people did not want to play with him. He would yell at his teammates. He would curse them out. He was not very kind to his teammates. While LeBron, LeBron is even out here supporting Russell Westbrook when Westbrook just had the worst season ever and was basically the reason the Lakers did not have a successful season. And LeBron's out here saying he's going to return next year and show out. So LeBron is just better in that way. And we talked about Space Jam movies. I feel like that's a little cruel. That's not on LeBron. That's on the writers. Thank you very much. Yes, Jordan had the better movie. But LeBron's movie wasn't like the worst movie ever. It just wasn't as good as Jordan's. And Jordan's was only good because he played golf. 
Okay. Golf, not basketball. Easy win. We'll concede that Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech was pretty bad. But once again, it's hard for me to see the rest of your points when you talk about teammates. Michael Jordan was just too busy winning his teammates' championships. And so um, it's difficult to look past that. Michael Jordan put basketball back on the map. And I just feel like anyone who saw him play and knew what was going on during that time just knew he revolutionized the game. People are wearing him and his shoes and him on their jerseys and and the whole Nike brand. Um, Michael Jordan, greatest of all time. Or LeBron James, greatest of all time. And the other thing is, you mentioned before that LeBron idolized Jordan. Do you want to know what's better than idolizing? Idolizing and then becoming greater than. And that's what LeBron James did. He idolized Jordan coming up, and he exceeded Jordan. He is the better number 23. He is the better player to change their number. He is the best player of all time to ever change their number. Yes, Jordan did it. Who's gotten more jersey sales once they've done it? LeBron. Okay. Now, LeBron also is able to market himself, as I said. And he's just overall, he's the better player on the court and off the court. Who would you rather have a conversation with? Who would you rather have to deal with the press? Jordan or LeBron? Easy call. LeBron. It's just, it's so simple. At that point, if you want to go miscellaneous, come on, not even close. LeBron James takes that one easily. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree, but you know what? Maybe we can leave it up to your listeners to decide. Maybe they can leave a comment and they can weigh in on this debate. Yeah, you can write a review. There might be a poll, depending on where you listen to this, on who won this argument, LeBron or MJ. Vote so we can settle this debate once and for all. Well, that concludes another episode of The Buzz with Ben. Sorry I was not able to have Walker Bueller on as a guest this week, but hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode with my dad instead. And maybe we can have Mr. Bueller on next week. Until next time, as they sometimes say, it is nice to be important, but it is more important to be nice. Thank you all for listening. Bye.